Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by TBA rabbinic intern Nico Losarelli. Today we're going to be talking a bit about uh, brachot of gratitude and wonder, brachot nehenim. Um, and we're going to work through, we're going to sort of go through these three uh, Mishnahs, these three Mishnayot from, uh, from a second brachot, um, and sort of explore what do we say brachot on, why do we say them, um, and what that adds to our day-to-day, if anything. Um, so I'd like us to sort of jump right in. Um, so if you look at the, the source sheet in front of you, you'll see the Hebrew on the right, and you'll see the English on the left. What you see in bold is what is more or less the direct translation of the Hebrew. And the unbolded text is, is more explanatory information drawn from um, other commentaries. Um, so if I could go ahead and have a volunteer read through the first, the first Mishnah um, in, in English, just uh, I think for everybody. And, um, and then we'll just we'll get cracking and we'll explore together. So do I have any takers on reading the first Mishnah? Yes, please. You want from the unbolded or the unbolded? Uh, let's let's do let's do the uh, let's do all of the English checks. I think it'll give us greater context. This Mishnah, which includes all of this chapter's Mishnayot, contains a series of blessings and halakhot that are not recited at specific times, but rather in response to various experiences and events. One who sees a place where miracles occurred on Israel's behalf recites, "Blessed who performed miracles for our forefathers in this place." One who sees a place from which idolatry was eradicated recites, blessed who eradicated idolatry from our land. Perfect. Just pause right there. Thank you. So um, what, stands out, what stands out to us here? What's familiar? What's unfamiliar? What strikes us as unusual or noteworthy maybe? Well, there's a the question of miracles. Mm-hmm. So if it, what, is, what constitutes a miracle? Great question. When you say that you're going to say a bracha based on a miracle, mm-hmm. you have to be able to recognize what is the word. Mm-hmm. And a miracle may be something that is small and seemingly insignificant, mm-hmm. or maybe something that is very significant. So, um, so I would question whether or not, I, would, I guess I would question what consciousness. Great question. I like that you um, noted things of both big and small. We're going to get into that a bit um, as we as we continue along. Any other? Yes, please. The use of the word place, mm-hmm. like one who sees a place where something occurred, mm-hmm. but then the bracha is not on the place. The bracha is on the thing that happened there. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That seems different to me than like if you're. I don't know, you're eating something, so you're actually consuming something, <coughs> mm-hmm. and the bracha's on that something, not, and there's no mention of, like, you saw an apple on the table, so, you know. So you just say the bracha, yeah. right. All right, it's interesting. So, the Hebrew here is, ha- ha-ro'e makom nisim Um, so, and says, omer baruch she'asa nisim l'avotenu b'makom hazeh. So that last part, Baruch Sheasa Nisim Lavotenu Bamakom Hazeh. Does that sound uh does that sound like a bracha that, that 
that we're familiar with? Yeah. Yeah. What bracha? From Hanukkah. But what does it say instead? What what is it, what, what is different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is an issue. It sort of brings into the conversation, sort of what you pointed out. Is it you know? Do we just say the bracha at the specific makom? Do we say it about the miracle? Um, do we or or do we sort of like solve the problem by by saying you know it's going to be um, related to the miracle that happened in time, not necessarily as tied to the place? Um, great, great. Let's uh, let's move forward here. Just in the uh, yeah, let's let's keep going. Any any volunteers to read the second mishnah? Yes, Joey. Thank you. What of these conspicuous natural occurrences recite the blessing for Zikin Sevaot, which we tomorrow will discuss below for lightning, thunder, and gale force winds, manifestations of the power of the Creator. One recites blessed, whose strength and power fill the world. For extraordinary Rambam mountains, hills, seas, <laughs> rivers, and deserts, one recites blessed, author of creation. <laughs> Consistent with his opinion that a separate blessing should be used to each individual species, Rabbi Yehuda says, one who says the great, sees the great sea recites a special blessing. Blessed who made the great sea. <coughs> As with all blessings of the sect, one only recites it when he sees the sea intermittently, not on a regular basis. For rain and other good tidings, one recites a special blessing. Blessed who is good and who does, who is good and who does good. Even for bad tidings, one recites the blessing, blessed, true judge. Great, let's pause right there. Thank you. So there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. So let's go back to the top. I just want to translate two words that are untranslated in this, in this Hebrew, uh, this English translation, zikin and zevaot. So uh, zikin, um, in the Albeck commentary says that these are like comets or shooting stars. Um, and zevaot, earthquakes. Um, so what... What, what kind of things are we saying brachot over here? Brachot over things that are unusual. Okay, things that are unusual? Yeah, there are things that are both natural but also things that we don't see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like what, for example? An earthquake, yeah. Oops. yeah. Okay, or yeah. People want to go see the shooting stars. You know, right. know when there are shooting stars. Right. You know, but those aren't on a regular basis. Not right. Like every night you go out. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. You yeah. see the shooting stars. Yeah. Yeah, Joey? Uh, by the way, the best meteor shower there occurs around my birthday and around August 11th. So oh, really? The Perseids. So you might want to check those out. Uh, and then I'll you can go. Templin Highway, just off of Interstate 5. That's it. That's where my dad and I go. Oh, great. Nice. Dark enough to see them, but close enough to get back to LA easily. Okay. Any other uh, reflections on this mission here? I had just something so like yeah. a volcano. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was telling someone today about this. Like, I went to Hawaii years ago, and I did a meditation retreat near the active volcano on the Big Island. And someone was asking me, "Oh, this can be in the retreat center. I want to go there." And I said, "Well, it no longer exists." Mm-hmm. Because then the volcano erupted and it's now covered in the lava. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh! And I was like, no, it's okay. That's what volcanoes do. Mm-hmm. But the, and the people that owned this retreat center while I was there, they said, we know that one day this might turn lava, so we have insurance. And we're okay with the permanence of it. Mm-hmm. But if they weren't okay with the permanence of it, or if they didn't have insurance, it would be disastrous. Or what mm-hmm. if this was their only home? 
So it's interesting, these blessings on natural occurrences, mm -hmm. where is can be good or bad, depending on if you're prepared for them, but they can still be heartbreaking. So it's interesting that we're blessing something even when there's loss. Right. Or right. potential loss. Yeah, and that speaks to the the end of this Mishnah, right? In the in the English it says, um, uh, for rain and other good tidings, one recites the special blessing, blessed who is good and who does good, even for bad tidings, one recites the special blessing, blessed the true judge. Um, uh, um, what's the word? So it's at the end of exactly. So it's the first. It's the uh, the last couple of words at the end of the second Mishnah there. Um, Baruch Dayan Hayamet. It's when you, when you hear that someone has passed away. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So we kind of can see there's a couple things going on here, but while we're sort of like in that space, um, there is one side to this which I think is very beautiful, right? It can be like, oh, I saw a shooting star, or there was rain, or there was a rainbow, or there's a beautiful mountain, a Yam Hagadol, which is the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and we say bracha, and we feel this connection to these wonders of the world. Um, but then there are those moments that we're also called to sort of bless the um, devastating. And some of these things, like Aviva was saying, can have devastating consequences. Um, and I just want to hear some thoughts and reflections on, like, the flip side of this, of, like, of, like what are maybe some, like, theological <laughs> issues or some just, like, problems or, or questions that you have that come up. And again... When we, not again, but I want to say when we ask questions, it's not necessarily to, to find an answer to those questions, but it's just often nice to fill the room with questions. Sure? Well, the, the notion is that whether it's good or bad, mm -hmm. it all comes from God. Mm -hmm. And we say that, you know, the, we, we say the line, you know, and but that's taken from Isaiah, mm. where they changed and said, uh, mm -hmm. Isaiah actually mentioned that was saying God creates evil. Mm. So whether it's going to be evil or good, it, it all stems from the same source. Mm -hmm. I think other Brachon it says you have to bless the good as well as you bless the bad and vice versa. Mm -hmm. it's, it all Mm -hmm. So it's not so strange that you're saying it here because that's in conformance with the rabbinic view of Korachot. Mm -hmm. Right. You think back on a lot of talents that sort of reminds us of the best manifestation of this from Job and you know, having all that he had and uh, blessing the Lord when it was yet and mm -hmm. you know, saying that the Lord gave up and the Lord gave it away. Mm -hmm. The more new King James. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it gives it sort of like the regalness that I think maybe moments like this call for. Um, yeah. I have another question about it. Yeah. Um, so, are we going to teach the thing about when you see a rainbow? I don't want to step on air. Well, um, it was just it was mentioned, um, but I I, I want to I know the idea that you're going to share and I want to hear it. I want okay. I want to experience it. Okay. Because yeah. actually, it produces a big question. But yeah. If I had this, this is a new sweater. It's very soft. I like it very much. When I put it on, I had a blessing to say, and it was clear that I was the one who was supposed to say the blessing because mm -hmm. I own it. It's my new garment. I get to say the gratitude blessing. It's mine. Mm -hmm. But there's this whole superstition that one 
if you see a rainbow, mm -hmm. you should tell someone, go outside and look up. Mm. You don't tell them there's a rainbow, you go outside and look up, mm. and that way, it allows that person also to discover the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it speaks to a problem with all of these, which is whose job is it? And isn't it a, isn't it a blessing in vain if we're all saying blessings on the same shooting star? Mm. Like, what's the deal with these things that we all, it's very Seinfeldian, but I, what's the deal with? Yeah, yeah. With all, the, with, with all of these <laughs> things <laughs> yeah, that, that don't, they, they don't belong to me. Uh -huh. So who am I? Is it, is it, who am I to bless it? And if it's, well, anyone can, is it okay that maybe a hundred people at any given time are looking mm -hmm. at the blessing the same thing, mm -hmm. given that we're so careful with blessings in mm -hmm. so many other settings, right. not to do that. Right. I find that really challenging. That is challenging. And that's, that's not what I thought you were going to say. So I'm excited <laughs> that, yeah. Um, uh, about that. Yeah. So, um, I want to hold on to that. And I want to say there's this idea about when we see a rainbow that, so what is, what is, when we see a rainbow, what is, what is the rainbow supposed to remind us of? The flood. Exactly. Um, and the word in Hebrew for rainbow is keshek, right? Which is also the word for literally bow, like a bow and arrow. So there's this idea that every time we see a, a rainbow, it's actually like God's bow and arrow. And that it's it's facing away from us because there's another opportunity for God to take us out. And God was like, I'm going to just, not this time, you know, I'm going to put it down. And it's and it's a sort of a declaration of peace. So even in this beautiful thing that we see that seems almost, you know, ephemeral and um, innocent, there's like a sense of awe, fear and trembling to it. You know, that it's like, well, this is like God's weapon. God maybe thought about taking us out and then decided not to, um, which I found, well, I learned that last year. I thought that was mind-blowing. Yes? I always thought that the blessing when you see a rainbow was Zohar Hadrit. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing to remember the covenant. Exactly. So I think if everyone looks up and sees that and says Zohar Hadrit, uh -huh. I, I think that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. For everyone to be able to do that. I like the idea that don't tell them that there's a rainbow because it doesn't have a surprise as well. I like that. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that before. That, how, that one, there was that rainbow that we had not that long ago that went across yes. the entire sky. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, it was, oh yes, it was right out. And my neighbor across the street said, go outside. She didn't tell me. Oh, I wonder how the relaxed kids told her not to tell me. Mm -hmm. But she said, go outside and look up. Mm -hmm. And I walked out, and I had never seen anything like that mm -hmm. in my life. And, you know, a rainbow literally went from there mm -hmm. all the way there, and it was a full So cool. Wow. Yeah, cool. it was crazy. It, it tells me something about, like, maybe the blessing that we're saying is blessing on the experience of discovering mm -hmm. things, the news, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And every one of us can have that individual discovering. Mm -hmm. But part of me thinks that that's the bit of a cop-out, because we, we right. are so careful with blessing. But I also wonder, so um, another time that we say brachal pretty regularly is over food, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple, there's, I think, many malachal about many things. Um, but what I learned, which was then recently uh, challenged uh, in class, which was, which was great, so I'm thinking about it a bit more. But like that when we say a blessing on a food item, we are, this blessing is actually a means by which to transfer that food item from God's ownership to our ownership. Yeah. Right, so it's almost it's like transactional in a way, right? So, and it's more personal. But I then I then wonder maybe as like one of many responses to this question of like 
you know, it doesn't matter that so many people are saying a blessing over this natural wonder. I mean, there's no way that I, I could say a bracha over a mountain and that mountain becomes mine. That's not my dominion. That's not my property. Sure. You know, I'm just thinking about food. I, I finally I just finished reading The Slaughterman's Daughter a couple days ago. And it reminds me of, you know, being very hungry, you know, in the pale of settlement, uh-huh. you know, not knowing often where your next meal might, might be coming from. And when, you know, we're all, we, we all know where our next meal is coming from. And, and so saying a bracha or washing before our, our eating our mochi or whatever might be really rude. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're just doing it because we do it. But for people that really, like they are really, like blessed to have a meal right mm-hmm. now that they're they're not taking it for granted. Yeah, and I think that's thank you for saying that. I think that speaks to a really important part of brachot of, of gratitude and wonder that it's supposed to draw our attention to something that we might otherwise just ignore. Um, uh, the next time, God willing, you are in, in Tel Aviv or any part of Israel that you can see the Mediterranean, um, take the opportunity to say the bracha over Hayam Hagadol. Um, because I think that like when we have these tools at our disposal, it creates like, there is this added element of wonderful, of, of, of like, oh yeah, I actually haven't seen the Mediterranean for maybe years or maybe at minimum 30 days. Because there, there's this idea that like, you, sh- you know, if you see something, you don't say bracha over it every single day necessarily, but if you see it infrequently. So with the Yam Hagadol, the Mediterranean, the rule of thumb is kind of like every 30 days. So if I haven't been to Tel Aviv for 30 days, or I haven't seen the Mediterranean for 30 days, I can say the bracha again. Um, and I think it just adds, like, again, like a level of wonder and awareness, because we could just sort of show up and like, okay, there's the Mediterranean. But it, it, it can create an opportunity to think about um, the fact like, that, like, this is this, this giant sea that connects, you know, the, like, the, the, the Near East, Europe, North Africa, and to think about all the things that have sort of, like, transpired in this area... Like, it just, it opens up an opportunity, right? Um, great, great. Let's, let's finish off reading this Mishnah, and then in the interest of time, I want us to just keep, keep moving forward. Is it, does anybody want to read uh, the third Mishnah for us? It's kind of a long in English, so um, just as a forewarning. <laughs> I'm happy to read it. Great, thank you. Similarly, when one built a new house or purchased new vessels, he recites, Blessed, who, who has given us life, sustained us, and brought us to this time. The Mishnah articulates a general principle. One recites a blessing for the bad that befalls him just as one does for the good. In other words, one recites the appropriate blessing for the trouble that he is experiencing at present, despite the fact that it may conceal some positive element in the future. Similarly, one must recite a blessing for the good that befalls him just as for the bad. The Mishnah states, and one who cries out over the past in an attempt to change that which has already occurred. It is, in, it is, it is a vain prayer. For example, one whose wife was pregnant and he says, may it, may it be God's will that my wife will give birth to a male child. It is a vain prayer. Or one who has walking, uh, one who, one, who was walking on the path home, and he heard the sound of a scream in the city, and he says, may it be God's will that this scream will not be from my house. It is a vain prayer. In both cases, the event already occurred. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I think this is such an interesting statement. And before I say anything, I want to hear what everyone else has to say. <laughs> there, was, there was a source of something in one of the Hufflepuffs about someone coming, coming to a town and he says, there's a big, he sees there's a big fire there. He says, boy, I, I, I pray that this is not my house. Mm. And, and this is that concept of praying for something that you have no control over mm -hmm. that's already taken place would be a rough out of a, 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 a brain prayer. Right, right. But then what about when we say Baruch Gayana the person has already died? I think, I think that's more of an acknowledgement of the fact that it has taken place and it's not you're hoping for a different result. Got it, mm -hmm. right. Okay. Anything else? I think your point <laughs> I think that this is a one more way that we can express the difference between blessing and prayer. Mm. Mm. Blessings, uh, blessings are one of the categories, like a rectangle that's is is a is a, a square is a type of rectangle, but rectangle isn't necessarily a type of square. It's that same deal with prayers and blessings. <coughs> this is a differential. We're not we're not trying to affect universe mm -hmm. with it. Right. And I think that's sort of like the, the key that sort of bridges these two ideas and that like when we say Ruch Dan Amet, we're talking about something that's already happened. And I think it is like an acknowledgement, like Alan said. And also it's sort of like it wouldn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say, like, please don't let that be my house, even though we all do that, of course. Like it's a natural response to be like, please let my house be okay, let it be okay. Because the thing has already happened. And people, do that, I people, think. people do that, and I think it's, yeah. it's human yeah, nature. Big fires and, and it is yeah. a main prayer. Yeah. I mean, it is a main prayer. It's about, yeah. it's, it's, self, it's centered, self-centered, and, mm -hmm. you know, egocentric, and that's, I think that's really human. Right, I think in a way it speaks to the fact that, like, we, oftentimes when we feel powerless, one of the tools that we turn to is prayer, or saying brachot, right? Like, when, when we just don't know, like, that is what is at our immediate disposal. Um, you could say yeah. it very I hope everyone gets out of that house. I hope the firefighters make good decisions. I hope they don't lose everything. Mm -hmm. Right. I hope that like, right. their pets are safe. Yeah. Right. It's your own your house or your neighbor's house. So it's like a right. switching of what you, you have power. Mm -hmm. If you think prayers have power, we all pray. So we must assume we have some power. We assume that someone's listening. Mm -hmm. Maybe it even softens our own heart when we pray that way. But you think about, like, to just shift it. Like I heard, um, when you hear a siren go by, like a fire truck, mm -hmm. or an ambulance, that moment, you know, besides mood and cetera, but can you pray like, I hope everyone's safe, I hope mm -hmm. the doctors make good decisions. And I've been doing this for the past few weeks, and I really feel like a softening of my heart. Who knows if it can enact any change at all, but it's a great way to think about, instead of like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic, mm -hmm. being like, I hope right. the doctors make good choices, I hope the family's right. okay. My granddaughter, um, when she, when they, our kids used to live on a really busy street in Washington, D.C., on New York Avenue. In the And that was really, that really is an interstate. And uh, and I, my granddaughter used to freak out every time the sirens would go down. Mm -hmm. There was a hospital really close by. And um, Randy, my daughter-in-law, explained to her, you know, because of the police, that basically they're taking someone to, to, to get better. And, and so she learned to say, whenever she heard a siren, she would say, help is on its way. Mm, and that's that beautiful. And that's how 
you know, the, the same the same kind of concept. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> There's um I had this teacher <laughs> I had this teacher uh Vered last year for um for our class on on Malachim on, on Kings in, in in the Tanakh and um there were always sirens it was Jerusalem there were always sirens whether it was an ambulance or a police car or God forbid a rocket siren or something which were when I was there very rare um thank God but the, the halls of this conservative yeshiva where we were were just very like very echoey you know so if a siren went by it would, it would be like ear piercing even more than when you were outside so it couldn't help but draw our attention and there was always this moment of like what do we do like is something going on should we check our phones but Verid would always just say Shlema. that would be always her response Shlema. acknowledge sort of like the palpable sense of like fear or insecurity that this sound could create and she would just she would choose to say refushlema sort of in the same vein of what you're both saying that like maybe we can take this opportunity of uncertainty and 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 have a you know as best as we can positive reaction to it and i also don't think that's necessarily to to, to denigrate the natural human reaction of of the of the, of the fear that comes with the maybe my house is god forbid burning down maybe my loved one god forbid is burning down but I think that often, sometimes when we, I remember this came up in class once when, when we looked at this, someone said that when, when we say something like this, in a way we're, we're saying, oh, I hope it's not me, I hope it's someone else. Like there's an element of like, whether we mean to or not, wishing harm upon somebody else, which is definitely not something that I don't think that I want to do with my davening, with my prayer. Um, but it's something that I think that we do inadvertently. So it, it again, it gives sort of like, sort of uh, gives a lot of power to words. I mean, we're talking about words here. Um, and it just shows that they really have power. Okay, you're going to say something? We okay. were, we, I shared this with Rabbi Chorney earlier. Bob and I were on our way back from D.C. on Tuesday night. And as we were going to our gate, you know, we caught security. There, we saw paramedics and stretchers. And then I see people on the and I see somebody mm-hmm. doing CPR on, some, on somebody. And there were a couple kind of looky-loos watching and waiting. And I'm like, don't look, you know, like, don't stare, or don't, you know, like, go by. I had never seen anything like this face to face. And I turned the corner and I, I was ready to collapse. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came out, on my way to collapsing before I didn't know what to say, but I knew there was something I should be saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did say in my to myself there by the grace of God go I because like like that's not me laying there. Mm-hmm. I mean that was the first thing that came to mind was mm-hmm. like oh my God that one well, no, the first thing that came to mind is I can't believe this is happening right here mm-hmm. and like and then like I don't want to see I don't want to watch this I mm-hmm. believe people were watching it and then but then the second thing I was like it could be me and it's not. And then the third thing was praying to God, mm-hmm. you know, for that person. And, but I didn't know what to say. So right. I just said, such a lot. Right. Like, yeah, it's like, um, I feel like there's always a sense of like, we need to do something. And what can we, what can there we do? There should be something. I mean, this is what I yeah. talked to my ritual rabbi about. <laughs> 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 that there should be something to say. And it wasn't, it didn't seem right. I mean, we did say, well, do we say, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy's not dead. We don't know if he's dead. Like, do you 
you say that only when someone dies, it's, right. or just when something bad happens, or because it could be a different that you say when you witness something like that. So, right. Anyway, well, that was a question of how do you how do you commemorate that moment? Right, that, right, and that right for myself mm -hmm. because I needed to <coughs> contain it, hold it, and there was no other way to reframe that this guy wasn't going home mm -hmm. tonight and somebody was waiting for them at home and right. yeah, and that man wasn't going to get there. Right. You know, either way, you know, if he lived, he was going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So, but it was going on for a while. It's just, you know, thinking about it, it's, it's sad. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. That's, that's, um, it's interesting, this, like, this idea of blessing on the good and the bad. Um, I wanna, I want to, to to flip to the next page and shift gears a bit, and we're gonna bring sort of like these ideas together. Um, we're gonna move from landscape, uh, from uh, from portrait mode to landscape mode here. Um, and I just wanna want y'all to take a couple, just like just like take take like thirty seconds as we're like look through these brachot and sort of see, just just see them and have them at your disposal. Um, I know that they're available to you. These can be found at the. Uh, <coughs> these are from the back of Cedar Cedar Sim Shalom for weekdays. Anyone can remember when Rabbi Clay filled in the little cards? The little bit of cards. I don't. I don't. I don't. I may have not been in Okay. <laughs> Wait, you don't remember Diana Allen? They were like a little, little, like a business card size card, and it had brocha like. A, Oh, yeah. I don't think I was there. I don't think I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we look through this, we have, uh, you know, a bracha on um, natural wonders. We have a bracha on seeing a friend. We have a bracha on on um, sort of elements of the senses. We have uh, a brachot on plants. We have a brachot for Torah study. Uh, even a bracha for seeing a head of state. Um, and those can be all-encompassing. Um, my, my partner and I have been watching, we just finished um, Disney Channel's uh, sort of like rendition of Percy Jackson, which is about like a, 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 like a young boy who realizes that he is uh, this is funny to be teaching this class, but he, he realizes that he's like a demigod and there's this whole story um, and it deals with like the, the Greek gods, right? Um, and I thought to myself, at first I was like, oh, this is a really cool show. I still think it is a really cool show. Then I was like, man, there's like a god of uh, the ocean. There's a god of war. There's a god of the underworld. It's like, who do you know who to talk to? <laughs> it seems exhausting. Um, uh, and it, But it's interesting because like it, when things are separated like that, there's like a level of I think it can give us like a level of convenience and comfort to say that like when something bad happens, it's because of the God of the underworld. Or when something bad happens, it's because of the God of, or something good happens, and I don't know, I, I got a good fish, it's because of the God of the sea. But our tradition doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily allow us that convenience, right? It doesn't necessarily allow it, it absolutely prohibits it. Yeah, no, no, no. What I mean, yeah, yeah, no, of, of course, of like, what I mean by like that, that, that sort of allowance, uh, of course, like prohibits like worshiping any god but Yudhevape, but that is to say that like we acknowledge that all things come from the single source, which then 
forces us both to stand in the wonder, to stand in the complexity, to sit with the discomfort, the anger, and everything that comes with it. Um, And uh, I guess that's kind of the main thing I just wanted to sort of take away from this. And and, and, um, yeah, did you have something to say? No, just realizing how remarkable it is because a few weeks ago at Sudash Street with some of these same people, uh-huh. you're revisiting the words of the prophets by Yom HaKuyi, Adonai, Echad, and different pieces of Almanac with the word of Hollywood, uh-huh. and the idea that Almaty, God, will be one God, that the proof text that the, the Gemara brings is that, uh, or rather, this is the proof text that the Gemara brings to say, and then on that day, there will only be one way of responding to all news. It will mm. all be Baruch Atobin to you. Mm. There will be no Baruch Zayanamet, because there will be this acknowledgement of the actual and absolute oneness of God, that all of it goes towards one hand in the universe. Mm. So uh, it's resonant for me. I'm, I'm still, I've still been sitting with that idea, but I appreciate this idea of um, one of the purposes of Brachot being the unification of God. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're doing, is we're actually bringing all the aspects of God into Back to the same address. Right, right. Thank oh, you. I read a question about that. That's right. So before we close uh, and move into into Mariv, um, if you could just flip to the very back here, we have a quote by Ibrahim Joshua Heschel um, that I'm just going to read here for us uh, to sort of meditate on and take away. Um, the insights of wonder must be constantly kept alive. Since there is a need for daily wonder, there is a need for daily worship. This is one of the goals of the Jewish way of living, to experience commonplace deeds as spiritual adventures, to feel the hidden love and wisdom in all things. With that, I thank you for uh, being part of this this shiur and for all of your insights and reflections. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.